Hello and welcome to Epicenter Bitcoin, the show which talks about the technologies, projects and startups driving decentralization and the global cryptocurrency revolution. My name is Sebastian Couture. Today is September 15th, 2014. And thanks so much for joining us on episode 39. So today's episode features an interview that Brian did earlier this week with Bastian Brand, who is the, an investment manager at Pathfinder Capital. Bastian recently wrote a comprehensive paper surveying the investment landscape in cryptocurrencies. It's sort of a, a Bitcoin investment white paper. It's very comprehensive and very interesting. Um, now, they'll discuss that paper in uh, much detail during the interview, as well as different aspects of the uh, Bitcoin and cryptocurrency industry. Now, the white paper isn't out yet. It will be out in the next few days. And as soon as it will be, um, when it does come out, we'll post the link to the white paper on our Twitter uh, page, as well as on our SoundCloud page and on our website. So we'll update the show notes so that you can find that white paper. So uh, look forward to the white paper and also enjoy the interview. Our guest today is Bastian Brandt. He's a venture capitalist at Pathfinder Capital. And previously, as well, he was a consultant at McKinsey and he's also done a PhD in business. He's been interested in Bitcoin since 2011 and he also recently started the Bitcoin Startups Munich meetup, which is kind of a similar meetup to the one I've been doing in Berlin. And uh, he's written an almost 100-page uh, report exploring Bitcoin and investing in Bitcoin. And we're here today to talk about that report and about his views on uh, kind of the investment opportunities in Bitcoin. So uh, thanks for joining us today, Bastian. Yeah, uh, hi, Brian. It's great to be with you. Thanks a lot for having me. Yeah. Um, so, can you tell us a bit about uh, Pathfinder Capital? Uh, sure. Uh, Pathfinder Capital is a, a fund uh, management company uh, from the from the UK. Uh, uh, the focus of it is actually frontier market investments. Uh, that uh, which is which is also a very exciting uh, investment opportunity, and uh, which is also for for the risk-tolerant investors, similar to, to Bitcoin investors. Uh, I got in touch with uh, Pathfinder Capital two years ago, uh, beginning of, of this year, uh, when I went myself to a conference in Cambodia, to an investor conference in Cambodia, and I, I met uh, Kevin Virgil, who is the founder of Pathfinder Capital. So uh, he saw that uh, there are no investment vehicles uh, in this area, so to create a new fund management company. And uh, just to to get uh, to the Bitcoin topic, uh, I, I told uh, told them about Bitcoin and uh, got them excited about it. And now you're uh, looking or you're trying to raise a, a separate fund just for investing in Bitcoin companies, is that correct? Exactly, that's true. Uh, we have... Uh, we have a, a hedge fund um, which is incorporated in the Bermudas, uh, and uh, all the regulatory uh, stuff is already done. Uh, it's, it's investment advisor. We are FCA regulated, and we also have the go ahead from the Bermudas. Uh, and now we we are seeking out. Uh, we are seeking for for funding to invest in Bitcoin startups, primarily in emerging markets. Okay, so I guess that, that would be a way for you guys to combine your expertise in emerging markets with Bitcoin. Exactly, that's, that's the idea behind that. Uh, so uh, for opportunistic reasons, it's that uh, obvious pick uh, for Pathfinder Capital because we have on the one side this uh, frontier market expertise from, uh, uh, from uh, Pathfinder Capital asset. Uh, and on the other side, we have... Uh, we have uh, yeah, my expertise basically and uh, my network in the in the Bitcoin space. Um, but just if you're curious about it, uh, just some words on on the frontier market investment uh, side. Uh, the idea here is that uh, yeah, we we all know about China, about the BRICS countries, uh, BRICS, which is for Brazil, Russia, India, China, uh, South Africa, and this has been basically the dominant investment story uh, 10 years ago and uh, driven by a couple of, of factors uh, like uh, young population, uh, uh, a lot of consumer demand, 
high uh, needs for investment in infrastructure. Uh, and basically, this story uh, is is still valid for some of the for the, some of the other countries like Vietnam, Philippines, which uh, we expect to be the next in line to develop. So it's interesting that you guys are interested in um, investing in Bitcoin companies in frontier markets, right? Because it, it seems like investing in Bitcoin companies is so much at the beginning. Um, I guess in the US it's a bit further advanced, but even in Europe, there's been very, very little activity. Um, so do you think that in the near term, you would also invest in, in European Bitcoin companies or in American and the idea is more to in the long term switch to investing in Bitcoin startups in the frontier market or do you think we're already at a stage where this kind of thing makes sense? Uh, yeah, I think you really mentioned a couple of important points here. Uh, it's it's true. Uh, well, what you're saying is true in, in for a number of reasons. It's first... Uh, the Bitcoin market is still very young in emerging markets, so you uh, you it's it's, prob it's 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 not so easy to find companies big enough to invest serious amounts of money. Uh, also, there are lots of interesting opportunities still in in, in developed countries. So uh, it's it's going to be uh, a, a mix. Uh, we are going to be pragmatic about uh, also about uh, investing in, for example, European companies. Anything here is I would say is uh, really uh, first to to leverage our knowledge on frontier markets and emerging markets. So that's something that's an opportunity we want to to jump on. And the second opportunity is uh, we want to jump on is uh, really European companies, for example, which are still underserved by by US. Which and there is uh, some a lot of potential in Europe, uh, which isn't served uh, well enough, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I think it, we'll get back to this topic later. But I agree, it's it's an interesting it's an interesting topic. Well, before we kind of dive into the you know sort of meat of discussion about in investing in general, I'm I'm curious about your thoughts on the structure of VC funds and how well they work in the Bitcoin space. I know I had this conversation uh, a few months ago at the Inside Bitcoins conference with Palmier uh, Gilenbe. Um, and, and and the basic issue I think is this, right? So we're starting to have like different types of companies or companies that work with issuing their own currencies and the normal mandate of a venture capital firm, if, if I'm correct about this, kind of precludes a venture capitalist from investing in, in that kind of thing. So um, I'm curious, like, so are, are you guys, are you going to have a, a sort of a standard uh, agreement that uh, precludes you? Or would you like to have also the flexibility to invest, for example, in, in a currency, like, let's say someone, uh, let's say a project like Ethereum that you, that one could come as a VC firm and say, hey, we're going to give you guys a million dollars and we will actually try to do similar work to a venture capitalist traditionally dollars in the kind of support of the team mm -hmm. um, uh, yeah it's i think what you're um, talking about it touches on a couple of dimensions uh, first is uh, how how do you get your money and there are a couple of models so uh, there's for example the model that you have that we've seen at this point uh, which uh, who, who went to to have like investments uh, to fund themselves, uh, uh, and uh, well, there are traditional VCs uh, on the opposite side of the spectrum. Uh, and then, uh, of course, then if if you have uh, your funding done, and uh, well, you also need to think about where to invest. And uh, it's true what you're saying. It's not that easy to to invest in cryptocurrencies. Uh, I'm honestly, I'm not the expert on on uh, regulation, and uh, I was not in the lead in our team to uh, to draft the uh, investment uh, prospectus. But uh, but yeah, we have a prospectus uh, which we which is basically standard for all our LPs, and uh, we have refrained from from investing in in 
cryptocurrencies as such. Uh, it's for a number of reasons, the regulatory reasons, and uh, also it's the banking relationship. So uh, if it's, it's difficult enough to get a banking relationship uh, if you have something to do in, in any case, but if you also uh, want to invest in, in uh, Bitcoin uh, currencies as such, uh, cryptocurrencies as such, then uh, yeah, I mean, I I was in Toronto uh, recently, and we did an episode there with the guys from uh, Decentral, and you know, they are also in the process of starting an incubator and uh, and raising a fund to invest in the companies that come through. And I think they said that the one thing that's holding them back is the whole regulatory side because they do want to be able to. Uh, invest in in currencies, for example, because they special specifically want to focus on these kind of Bitcoin two point zero projects. But then it, it's very hard to figure out how to do that and how to do that if you try to kind of attract traditional investors that perhaps on their side are restricted to giving, you know, in with regards to the kind of entities that they're allowed to give and the kind of uh, activities they're allowed to invest in. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, it's. Um I, uh, it's, it's not that easy. It's, and that's an issue many uh, people have to face. For example, uh, there was in, in the UK, there was a Bitcoin super fund or something. And, um, it's, uh, which was been announced half a year ago. Uh, and, uh, I haven't heard anything about that since. Uh, so I don't want to uh, make any, um, conclusions, but, uh, it just seems there seems to be tendency that things, uh, to implement something like that just takes longer. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, I think we, we touched on something important and that is, you know, I, I guess one point is uh, from your perspective, right, as a fund, would you like to be able to invest in currency or not? But also, of course, from an investor's perspective, assuming you have no restrictions and you can invest in anything you want, the question of whether it makes sense to invest, just, just buy Bitcoin, to invest in Bitcoin companies, you know, to do a bit of both is, is, is interesting, right? Absolutely. And um, I'm, I'm curious what, what your point of view is with that regard. Do you think it's better to invest, uh, to purchase Bitcoins, or do you think it's, it's better to try to invest in companies that build uh, Bitcoin businesses or cryptocurrency businesses? Uh, well, a short answer, it's uh, just a different risk profile, but um, just to, to uh, start from the beginning, uh, it was exactly that question that uh, was at uh, was that it really was the starting point of of the report. To start a, uh, a fund, uh, if you if you want to be an investment manager and if you have talks with other people, if you if you really want to have a solid, I just feel better to have a solid understanding of of investment strategy, which makes sense and. And if you look at the Bitcoin space, you just have so many different uh, possibilities. You have so many different investment options. Uh, there is Bitcoin. Uh, there are alternative cryptocurrencies. Uh, there are all these Bitcoin 2.0 uh, or 2.0 projects. You have uh, physical Bitcoins you can invest in. Uh, you can invest in a mining company. Uh, and finally, you can also invest in all sorts of Bitcoin startups. So... Uh, yeah, if you if you really want to optimize, if you really want to have the best returns for investors at the lowest uh, risk, then you should really ask yourself. And uh, uh, what I do is in the report, uh, or what we do, uh, because there have been some guest contributors uh, as well, <laughs> uh, it's uh, to really just look at all these options uh, one by one. To your, your question, uh, if you, I, I see, I see more potential in Bitcoin startups for a number of reasons. Uh, but if you want to, if you, if you don't have access to a VC, then probably to uh, to invest in, in in just in Bitcoin is the easier. So why do you see more potential in Bitcoin startups? Um, well, to to answer that, uh, let me just look at uh, Bitcoin first. It's 
whenever you invest in something, you should do something like evaluation and uh, just to look at the fair price or look at the perspective. And um, if I look at Bitcoin, I see basically three different time horizons and three different risks. So the first time horizon it would be the the speculation. So in the in the in the short term speculation and uh, by uh, by news and regulation and all these sort of things. So in in the short term you have a lot of volatility. So if you look at that uh, you don't have that uh, obviously with the venture capital investment because you don't have the, that liquidity. Medium term you have uh, you have adoption. So what drives Bitcoin prices in the medium term is really to have success, solid success in uh, in becoming uh, making Bitcoin a popular means of payment uh, and a popular. Uh, uh, so that's the things. There has been recently the Dell announcement to accept Bitcoin as a payment option, but uh, I think we have to see much more. And some people like Tim Swenson are correct to that. Uh, uh, we we really high time to to uh, shift gears and to 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 get Bitcoin adopted more widely. Um, and then the third third point, and um, that's something that too many people don't think about, is is really the technology, and uh, that's something that f uh, people. Discuss in in uh, in forums like Ethereum uh, shares. There's this notion that proof of stake is just a, a superior technology, and that um, that there are good reasons to to shift in the long term to another cryptocurrency. So that would of course be uh, bad for Bitcoin, but if you have a startup uh, that can flexibly shift between cryptocurrencies it's not so much of a problem yeah so yeah that's interesting so i mean my my point of view on this is kind of that right so i, I often look at bitcoin as as a type of like an etf a bit so like an exchange traded fund which sort of tracks the value of the all that's been created in the bitcoin ecosystem so i, I actually think that it's le much. It seems to me much less risky in many ways to just buy bitcoins than invest in specific companies, and potentially even more profitable, because um, it's still a little bit unclear to me how much profit companies can actually make in this sort of peer-to-peer -peer world, decentralized peer-to-peer -peer world. Maybe the time of just massive companies with huge profits. Uh, maybe that's going to be harder in that world. But I agree uh, one aspect where this may go wrong is exactly what you mentioned, right? So when you start having, uh, you know, if for some reason Bitcoin doesn't doesn't remain the leading cryptocurrency and if, there were, or if that kind of value gets transferred to other currencies, if perhaps uh, some proof of stake turns, to be out, turns out to be better in the long term because just, uh, I don't know, mining is too expensive or it's not secure enough or something. Uh, then I agree, of course. Then it could could turn out to be better if you invested in some company that can just switch to a different currency. Uh, yeah, exactly. It's uh, I think the ETF notion is um, actually makes a lot of sense. It's uh, yeah, it's a bit the difference between passive investing and active investing. If you're a good stock picker, it makes sense to to pick individual stocks uh, or in this case uh, startups. If you don't have uh, deep uh, industry knowledge, then it's probably easier to uh, to switch to, uh, to, to just to buy Bitcoin and uh, to follow technology so that if there is some move to, to another currency that you are basically um, that, that you, uh, you have the time to, to make that move as well. I, I sort of have this arrogant uh, preconception uh, which may be uh, f uh, unwarranted that if, if that actually happens, if actually uh, Bitcoin is not going to succeed in the long term because of some structural weakness and, and it's going to be different currency or it's going to be switched to something else, 
you know, actually believe that if you're really involved in the Bitcoin world, you will see that coming like long before. Mm-hmm. You know, it, I mean, I think we were still kind of unclear on, on you know, the mining incentives and and you mentioned Tim Swanson and I know he's done some, some nice work like thinking about that and other people have as well and think about like, is it really going to work in the long term? But I think we will see that coming. You know, I, th- I think people, there will be a sense of clarity like long before that happens. Um, yeah. So uh, maybe I'm wrong, yeah. of course, who knows? It- I, I tend to agree. I uh, that's also so so my idea. Uh, it's do you do you 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 should see it uh, unless you are just sleeping and not uh, heeding the warning signals, which actually happened to a lot of people in the case of Mount Gox. So let's just let's not be too uh, self-confident because uh, there have been a lot of smart people who just didn't care. They they didn't have the uh, the, the they didn't really. Um, they weren't able to to manage things professionally let's say that's that's an interesting point i think the difference there may be um you know being inside or outside because when i got into bitcoin uh it was already everybody was already saying that mount cox is terrible there's something fishy going on and that was uh, in more than like a year and a half ago about. Mm-hmm. So for me, I never had the idea of like, why would I use Mt. Gox? It made no sense to me. But then, mm-hmm. you know, people who'd been around for longer, they knew Mt. Gox and, you know, maybe they traded there or, or they already had money there. They were too lazy to take it out. Uh, or perhaps they'd seen similar crisis before, but Mt. Gox survived. Um, and so uh, I guess many of those were kind of caught uh, off guard. And of course, um, that may turn out to be different in the future, right? Perhaps then I, when then I would be the one who's sort of in and is not see is not seeing it coming, right? It's actually an interesting point. It's uh, it's if you if you f- start to fall in love with a certain technology or a certain coin, uh, because you have spent like uh, looking at it and uh, to conferences and talking with people. Uh, then you also get a bias that, especially as an investor, you have to be very careful uh, about. Uh, I when I go to conferences, I everybody is very enthusiastic and everybody is uh, uh, there's, there's not critical voices. And uh, so, actually, for that reason, you just mentioned Tim Swenson before. I really like to have um, also these dissenting voices uh, because uh, they. They basically force you to to um, really to give very good to back up your uh, opinion. Yeah, no, that's very true, and there aren't that many of them in the Bitcoin space, right? There's very few people who actually understand what's going on and are skeptical. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, let's talk a little bit about. So, you made a distinction in in your paper about four different segments. Uh, so, those were infrastructure. Uh, in which you counted uh, wallets, exchanges, um, and mining, then merchants, so e-commerce and gambling, you had under that category, payments, which were payment processor, micropayments and remittances, and then the last one, financial services, like peer-to-peer lending, derivatives, insurance. Um, can you talk a little bit about uh, that distinction and perhaps about which area you find the most interesting? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, first of all, why to have a distinction? I think uh, it's necessary because the business models are just uh, very different. And uh, uh, so you have to you have to look at uh, uh, different things for different uh, sub-segments. Uh, and what is more, when you when you look at a specific company, it's always some, some benchmark. Uh, so which is basically something that I have done a lot at McKinsey <laughs> when I was analyzing companies there. Uh, you can only do benchmarking if, if you have comparable companies. Uh, so you really need these segments. Uh, there are a couple of uh, attempts to, to segment the Bitcoin industry. Um, the logic that I that you see here in, in, in my sectation is that infrastructure basically encompasses everything that you need to to get Bitcoin running in a certain country. It could be an emerging market, for instance. Merchants, that's Bitcoin. 
uh, at the end customer side. Uh, payments that includes uh, some companies like uh, BitPay or BitPesa and financial services. That's all the, all the stuff uh, that, uh, yeah, the, the, I would say the advanced that, stuff that, that doesn't takes fit up in the other niches. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I, I it's true as well. It's well. <laughs> I mean, I, I thought it was interesting because Coindesk has done a similar thing in their state of Bitcoin record. They had these different categories and, you know, some of them made sense. And they had like, I think they had the financial services category as well. And just threw in everything else in there. <laughs> they were things that had absolutely nothing in common. Um, I think even they had like things like Coindesk and, and, and totally different things in there. Um, but I, th I think your distinction is, um, you know, is a sensible one and it's a useful one. And w I guess what's interesting here is if we look at the, the VC investment, that has mostly happened in the infrastructure space. Is that correct? Do you see that as well? Yeah, uh, infrastructure um, and, and payments. Yeah, that's that's true. It's uh, there was there's actually a fifth category that uh, is not mentioned here, which has been introduced by CoinDesk, uh, which they call universals. Universals are basically companies which are doing a couple of things at the same time. Uh, I think the I guess the the. The name comes from Universal Bank, because which also does all kind of financial things at the same time. Uh, so companies like Coinbase or uh, yeah, Coinbase would blockchain. Uh, yeah, yeah, blockchain info. They 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 are wallet. They are uh, a news company, or, or they are uh, a wallet and a data provider. Exactly, yeah. exactly, and. Um, uh, these, uh, this is a kind of different model. If uh, if you really want to dominate a market, then all things at the same time. Of course, you need a lot of financial backing for that. Um, yeah, if you like, I can talk about the different different categories uh, a bit uh, in more detail. Let's talk a little bit about where you would put uh, your focus on as a VC. Yeah. Uh, well, obviously, uh, if you go to, if you look at Bitcoin and emerging markets, you have to look at infrastructure first because it's, uh, you first need to build up the infrastructure in a country, like say Vietnam, Philippines. So exchanges. Exactly. And that, that's mainly exchanges. The thing about exchanges is, uh, of course, there are troubles. Uh, you need to get, get regulation right. You need to get the security right. But uh, in terms of monetization, it's one of the one of the things that are more solid than others. Um, if you compare that, for example, to payment excuse me, that for example to payment providers uh, like BitPay, uh, BitPay, who uh, recently said they don't charge fees anymore. Uh, yeah, then then exchanges really look attractive. Yeah, absolutely. I. I talked about this before, I think, on the podcast, and I also talked about it with uh, Mo Levin at the uh, at the conference last weekend. Uh, no, yesterday. Uh, who's the? You know, he was the guy organizing the BTC Miami conference, and he's doing the European business development for them. And and uh, funnily enough, apparently they went through the exact same reasoning that I had about BitPay, which was that. You don't have network effects really with payment processing and the marginal cost is like zero. Hence the prices mm -hmm. are going to go to zero anyway. So, so they, they were like, well, let's just put them to zero now. It gives us an edge in the market and because we will have to figure out other ways to make money anyway. Um, so they sort of preempted that development, which of course also makes it more difficult for new entrants in the market. So. Uh, I think it's it's an interesting space in that way because it's just going to be very it's it's not clear how they're going to make money and then of course you're right with exchanges that may be different although we also had a panel at um, at the Bitcoin conference in Köln yesterday uh, on exchanges which I which I was moderating and I asked about that and they also felt that exchanges were going to go to zero fees I think all of them agreed. Um, yeah, let's start with the payment providers first. Uh, I think that um, yeah, there's uh, there's big economies of scale, so uh, there's actually no reason why there should be more than three, four, five uh, payment provider. Well, you can you can just plug into an exchange, no, and then 
I don't think you have such economies of scale, do you? Uh, well, economies of scale means basically there you have much costs of zero. Uh, what you just basically what you just said. So if you are bigger, then you have uh, smaller costs. I mean, smaller overhead costs. Um, really, I, yeah, true. It's, yeah. In any case, I think it's a payment provider uh, to 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 uh, be a payment provider. It's more of an enabler. Yeah. Upon, uh, if you want to build up uh, an ecosystem in a, in a country, then it's good to to be able to go to merchants to say, yeah, we have this exchange. We also have this this tool to plug into our exchange. Uh, so it's very easy for you. It's it's really something that enables you to promote your exchange, for example. Sense, but the standalone business, I think, doesn't make so much sense. Yeah. So, so you think um, you would particularly focus on the infrastructure space in in emerging frontier markets? So that that would be exchanges. I guess also wallets, things like that, right? Perhaps that are specifically suited to the local situation. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's a. Uh, it's if you look at uh, the the fees in emerging markets, they are still uh, higher than uh, the ones in very big countries. Of course, long term, it's a different situation. Uh, it's a challenge. Uh, you're right with that. Uh, but um, just um, the thing is, if you are if you are investor, uh, especially in the the uh, venture capital space, and you look at a lot of these uh, young companies, uh, most of them they really make um, losses. Uh, most of them they don't become market leaders, and uh, it's oftentimes also very profitable profitable strategy to to buy smaller companies or buy by the bigger players. So I can I can imagine a scenario in two or three years time uh, down the road that uh, a CoinDesk or not CoinDesk, sorry, a Coinbase will be really interesting um, interested to buy up uh, exchanges in uh, emerging markets, and uh, because it's just easier to 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 buy into existing uh, customer base than to build up things from scratch, and. Uh, well, also from this perspective, uh, I, th I think that emerging markets are, um, are the most attractive uh, in, uh, in in Bitcoin. So, what do you guys? Uh, what about the financial services category? That se seems to me a category that has both gotten a lot of attention in terms of uh, development, in terms of new projects like Ethereum, but uh, that hasn't seen so much investment. Do you think that's going to change soon? I, I, th I think uh, I will, Ethereum. That's uh, in a way a different animal because it's well, it's very technological. If you look at financial services, you can split that up again into a couple of categories. Of course, Ethereum and these really, really advanced uh, Bitcoin 2.0 projects. And on the other hand, it's more simple things like insurance, like uh, a data analysis. Uh, so if I look at the second category. There's uh, there's a interest in that. Uh, there have been a couple of uh, people uh, writing on that, uh, and these can be interesting niches. Yeah, I guess with insurance, it depends what you're talking about, right? If you if you're talking about insuring Bitcoin wallets, then I guess that's something just regular insurance companies will do. But then if you talk about actually competing with insurance company using uh, a decentralized markets and a blockchain. You know, then that's something super interesting, also very complex, of course. But but I guess we are just at the very beginning there, and, and you know, it it makes sense to me that those will take a longer time. Yeah, it's 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 an interesting topic, and I um, I, I have regular conversations on that with uh, Bastian Spielmann, uh, who's who's basically like you, one of the contributors to to the report. Uh, we have we've put together uh, he's an expert on these bitcoin 2.0 projects and uh, he's very enthusiastic about it um, my uh, he specializes on on to look at which of the projects are basically the most interesting um, my, my own opinion is i'm a bit cautious 
um, on investing in Bitcoin 2.0 projects. Uh, if you look at Mastercoin, how Mastercoin look at Counterparty and how Counterparty has performed. Um, if you just look at the, the price development of the coin, uh, it has been sobering. Yeah, true. There was a lot of excitement. I remember Mastercoin was like insanely high in the price at some point, and it's kind of like all flattened out. I think people also just under really underestimated the complexity of this and how long it's going to take. Uh, absolutely, it's it, there's a nice parallel uh, for so for anybody who is uh, who is uh, familiar with uh, investing in mines. Uh, uh, so like gold mines or something like that. Uh, there is also a similar pattern in the in the development of the of the of the price of the stock price. There is uh, when if there is some new deposit found, there is always a huge hype and uh, of course the the share price skyrockets. Uh, but then uh, everything just takes longer than expected and there are always problems and there is really this this valley of tears. And then only after a couple of years, when the first production goes online, then uh, and everything turns out well, price uh, goes up again. And uh, my theory is that actually you have the same thing that we will see, or we are basically seeing right now, uh, the same thing with Bitcoin 2.0 projects. So. Uh, there is a lot of potential, but it's not very wise to be one of the first investors because typically things become cheaper. And it's if you if you have done your research and you really know the technology, and things have become undervalued, then it's the right time to invest. Yeah, of course. Yeah, no, I. I mean, I'm certainly of the view, like, let's, let's say if you, if you talk of something like Ethereum, I think it's going to take years for, for like, especially the more complex things to work on there. Now we may have like gambling things soon or things like that. But then if you talk about like insurance things, yeah, it was going to take a really, I think it's going to take a long time. It's just that there's so much complexity and the whole, and another big thing that we'll just have to totally figure out from scratch. Uh, is the whole user interfaces, user experience. And I think that's really complex to get that right. I, I think we're already seeing that with Bitcoin, just how, how difficult it is to, to do that and do it in a way that people can use and sort of normal people can use and feel comfortable with. And then of course, when you talk about these more complex applications, even, even something like multi-sig, which we think of as a pretty simple thing generally in the Bitcoin space, like it conceptually it's very simple. Uh, but even there, the, the user experience is, is a big challenge. And then and you talk about those, those other thing, complex projects like Counterparty and all that. Um, I, I think it's going to take a long time. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It's, uh, well, things are getting better. So, uh, People, uh, well, Bitcoin is uh, well. The, the 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 prototypical Bitcoin enthusiast is a is a is an IT uh, uh, an IT guy who really rather um, thinks about substance than than form than than appearance. Uh, so that's basically probably part of the reason why user experience wasn't so good over the over the last years. But uh, this is improved. Uh, but yeah, but uh, there's actually even there's all the regulation and all these other things on top of uh, it, the, the, it. It will be an uphill battle for for companies like Swarm and uh, and some of the other uh, yeah sophisticated uh, crypto um, blockchain applications. Because of regulation, you think? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's anybody who, who has read uh, the latest news on on the bit license on the EBA, uh, yeah, has um, unfortunately had to had to recognize how just how traditional uh, regulators are, and uh, reason because the regulators are basically appointed by politicians, and politicians are uh, have to report um, yeah to communicate with with the with the mainstream 
population, which is rather risk averse uh, for for good or bad. Yeah, absolutely. And, and when it comes to right right now, we are seeing all these regulatory statements on Bitcoin, but just thinking of it as money, right? No, nobody yet is thinking uh, of Bitcoin in in these other ways. It can be used, or the blockchain can be used, and I think. It's not going to take that long until they catch on to yeah things like swarm and, and I, I do think they're going to have regulatory issues. I, I I absolutely agree with that. I think that's going to be it. The whole uh, crypto equity thing is super interesting, super revolutionary, but also I think they're going to have huge difficulties with regulation. Yeah, if, if things turn turn uh, if 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 things turn out well, we would see something like a lightweight regulation. Which, uh, which creates a playing ground for these technologies, where basically you you have to give your you know about the risks, that you uh, that you know what you are doing, and that you are then in that case allowed to uh, to to use these technologies, uh, similar to basically the accredited um, accredited investor uh, clauses that you have uh, when investing in. Uh, sophisticated financial products. Uh, there you see as well, people are accredited invest. <coughs> sorry, accredited investors are supposed to be more sophisticated, so consumer protection is lower. Uh, if if you could see something similar for for Bitcoin, that would be would be great. But uh, I haven't heard anything. I haven't heard anybody talking about that idea. Yeah, uh, I'm. I'm not so optimistic there. That I mean, maybe in some places we see that lightweight uh, approach, but I think especially when it comes to the issuance of securities, uh, which is uh, super regulated, then uh, I'm. I'm quite. You know, I think they will basically try to impose the same rules that exist, uh, and that just is going to basically kill the, uh, the whole blockchain thing. So you really have to then be kind of underground. Uh, a black market type setting and that of course makes it difficult when it comes to companies raising money because whereas it may be easy for individuals to stay anonymous and online uh, in hiding so to say and, and use services and I think that's the case with money right uh, governments are going to have a hard time coming after every single Bitcoin user but it's not so absurd for governments to go after every single company that tries to issue shares on a crypto equity platform um yeah that's, that's true so it's, i think it's, it will be a challenging yeah thing. but so to to summarize uh, the bitcoin the bitcoin 2.0 projects are aren't the aren't going to be the primary focus of uh, pathfinder but you will focus more infrastructure and emerging markets or frontier markets yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about uh, you know a topic that I think both both of us is, have been thinking about, sort of being located in Europe and involved in the Bitcoin scene, which is the sort of state of the Bitcoin ecosystem in in Europe versus the US. Um, what's your view on that? Uh, yeah, it's just it's just fair to admit that uh, in in the US or in, in big capitals like London, things are more advanced than in continental Europe, at least. And uh, I think that's that's just for uh, I have seen that in a couple on a couple of occasions. First, if you go to to conferences, you see rather few Germans uh, like us. Uh, only it's only a couple of them who really uh, move around. If you uh, if you look at the uh, the new space actually uh, analyze in quite some some depth. It you just have much more podcasts, much more news websites, uh, which are which originate from the US, uh, and uh, yeah, and also meetings. If you go to meetups, you have really huge meetups in countries like the UK, uh, in Canada, in Argentina, all for different reasons. Uh, or New York or Silicon Valley, and uh, the meet uh, the meetup groups in continental Europe they aren't that big. Um, if 
if I think about the reason for that, um, it's difficult to say. Uh, one one aspect, of course, is that just some countries are more innovative uh, innovative than others. So if you look at Israel, it's just a startup nation. Uh, there is even a book with that title. Uh, or if you go to London, there is a huge financial community there. And when it comes to to financing, yeah, it's it also makes a lot of a big difference that uh, most financial uh, VC companies uh, are based in uh, in Silicon Valley or in New York. Uh, you can see that if you look at the if, at the big uh, fundings, at the big uh, big deals which have been made. It's companies like BitPay and Coinbase uh, that got really uh, large fundings. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't know if I totally agree with you that continental Europe is lacking that much behind uh, the UK or the US. I, I mean, I think in terms of the state of startups, yeah, quite obviously, right, Silicon Valley in particular is uh, way ahead and there's just so much going on there's so much money uh, and people uh, I guess also people just have more experience right there are a lot of people getting starting Bitcoin companies that have experience starting other startups and then they raise money very fast they scale very fast whereas in Europe it all takes much much longer but I don't know if this is due to lack of interest or if it's more due to well lack of funding and perhaps a little bit of lack of a startup culture yeah, it's uh, a lack of interest. I wouldn't say a lack of interest. It's I think there's just places like, I don't know, like Israel, where people are particularly in innovative or Silicon Valley. And of course, that's a different uh, level. But uh, um, it's uh, if you if you compare uh, continental Europe to all the other places in the Probably more for the reasons that you have just uh, stated, and if yeah, it's if it's if you look at the the big um, the big seeding rounds and uh, why people got money, I mean obviously I I, I can only guess, but uh, it's no coincidence that uh, Jeremy Allaire uh, and also the, the founder of Chapo or Chapo. Uh, that they are Zappo, I think. Ex no? oh, yeah, exactly. Thank you. Uh, I think so. <laughs> Zappo, <laughs> that uh, that that they are uh, that they are serial entrepreneurs. They have very very connections, uh, close connections to Silicon Valley. Uh, that definitely helps. Yeah, there's no question. I mean, I I just hope this is going to change soon in Europe. You know, I really uh, one thing I don't know if I I don't think I've mentioned this on this podcast. Maybe I have. Well, if I have, I mention it again. But I've been uh, in talks in, in Germany with uh, people from Axel Springer. Now, Axel Springer is uh, one of the biggest media companies in Europe. And they have an accelerator in Berlin together with Plug and Play. Now, Plug and Play, of course, is, is known by many uh, for their accelerator in Silicon Valley, which also happened to be perhaps the first or at least one of the first Bitcoin uh, accelerators. So for example, 37 coins was there and some, some other companies. I think personal IO and, and uh, now they are seeking uh, Bitcoin startups for their Berlin, the Berlin Oxford Springer plug and play accelerator. Uh, and uh, there's already been uh, at least two Bitcoin startups applying there. And I think they're both, uh, very solid and have a good chance of getting in. So, um, so hopefully, you know, that's kind of the beginning of some change there, but it, it's really important. I think that we will, that will develop soon. And I guess also in, in Berlin, we've had now uh, one of the first investment rounds in, in big bond, you know, Ratko has been on the podcast a few weeks ago. Uh, actually, he knew about that it was happening then, but it hadn't been announced. So we couldn't talk about it. But he has now received, I think, 200,000 euros from a venture capitalist in Berlin. So I guess there's starting to be some things, but there are still very, very few.
Uh, yeah, now that you mentioned that, there are actually uh, quite a quite a couple of uh, exciting uh, companies, uh, Bitcoin-related companies coming from Germany. Yeah, it's Bitbond, uh, 37 coins. Uh, yeah, these are very interesting companies. Yeah, of course, 37 coins still had to go to the US for their accelerator, and you know they they spent a lot of time over there. Um, but yeah, well, so to f finish off, I would be interested in kind of hearing your perspective and your advice now having done all this research and also as a as an investor on uh, starting a bitcoin business you know i mean i'm sure some of our listeners are thinking about that uh, i think about that often uh, is what's you know what kind of bitcoin business should one start if one started one today uh, where should that be what are your perspectives on the right business models? Can you talk a little bit about that and uh, give some advice to uh, to the budding Bitcoin entrepreneurs? Uh, yeah, sure, sure. Uh, I, I can only speak for myself and I can just uh, explain what, what I like to see in Bitcoin startups. Uh, and um, uh, having looked through desks and presentation, having met with a couple, with a lot of people, uh, I always like to do their market research first. So they really show what is um, what is already out there and how their business really creates value, uh, creates something new. Uh, and that if I see that, really that uh, tells me that people really have uh, have thought about what they are doing. Uh, and uh, yeah, there is, for example, just to give an example, uh, there is uh, one startup company coming from Berlin. Uh, I don't want to mention the name because I don't know if they have announced already, uh, but they want to create some tax and accounting software for which I see as a really interesting thing because of all the regulation, there is really a big need for that. Uh, and they have actually done uh, their uh, market research and have looked uh, at competitors. So that's something that I like a lot and I think that makes a lot of sense to do. Uh, um, from a more practical perspective, uh, of course, it makes sense to, to, uh, to, create, a, a, to create a big and uh, diverse team. It's, uh, uh, in these days, you always need a developer, uh, you always need uh, some guy who is good with graphics because it's important and uh, user interface uh, is important. And um, and yeah, well, it's becoming more and more important to have also somebody on the team who who is knowledgeable about errors, because um, yeah, if we like it or not, uh, it's going is becoming more and more regulated. Uh, so these are actually the two most important uh, points, I would say. And uh, uh, I think you can you can find niches everywhere it's it's uh, of course it takes a lot of time to identify one but uh, opportunities and um, it, it doesn't need to be confined to a certain segment so i think um, uh, there might even be a good business case for a new mining manufacturer if they are uh, uh, as uh, that's that's um, that's what what some I heard an announcement on that just uh, very recently. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, so so um, I think that's you know that's uh, solid advice. You know I agree with that. I think do your market research. That's that's really important thing about the positioning. What you're actually trying to do, and then get a diverse team. Of course, that can be very challenging, right? But it's super essential. Uh, I know I agree with those. Uh, but uh, I'd, li I'd like to ask again about the, so, you know, let's say you had to start a Bitcoin uh, business today and you say like, hey, I'm, I'm, I don't want to be an investor. I'm actually, I'm going to start a business myself. Uh, what would you do? Uh, what do you mean? What kind of sector or what kind of business? Yeah, what idea? kind of sector would you try to look at? Would, would you try to do something in emerging markets, perhaps, uh, I don't know, build an exchange there? Or is there something else you would look into? Uh, well, I, 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 don't, uh, I don't speak Chinese or any of these other languages, so I could try. <laughs> Maybe there would be some people who, who would be better at doing that. Um, 
I really like this legal regulatory uh, idea, uh, really to build something that actually end of regulation and taxes and legal. So uh, as said, to create a uh, uh, to build a software that uh, that really takes care of that. Uh, that takes care of all the accounting needed for for the reporting to the authorities. It's, I find a great, a great idea because uh, it's it's something all the all the companies they will need. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, we we've been uh, running this very small uh, co-working space, right, a big container in Berlin, and uh, you know we've been like setting up some accounting there, etc. And uh, of course, we are also, you know, some people pay with Bitcoin and uh, we pay our rent with Bitcoin. Um, and, and you know, just uh, figuring out how to do that, you know, it would be nice to have sort of a, a plug and play system. And uh, we haven't totally set it up, yet, but, you know, some funds I hold on a wallet I have, some funds are one of the, my, my partners, and it's, it's, it's a bit of a mess. Now, this is fine because it's such a small scale and, you know, we can sit together and like, set it up more properly and it all works. But of course, when you start having uh, a much, you know, operating a business on a different scale, you, you can't do that anymore. You need some automated systems that just take care of it and that also help you uh, be compliant. So I, I agree. I think it's, it's essential that services like that exist. Yeah, it's, it's this, uh, it's this uh, um, I don't know, the saying that you shouldn't dig for gold yourself, but you should sell shovels to the uh, I think it's a bit of that yeah so, <laughs> so you get you'd get in that into the shovels uh, selling business <laughs> yeah I would like to get into that as, yeah as well yeah <laughs> okay um, is there something else you uh, want to touch on before we um, yeah I would, I would like to announce as well I I'm also creating my own blog uh, which there's not so much there yet um, but uh, I will um, add content uh, as time goes by and uh, the the uh, the earl uh, the address is www.icryptoinvestor.com uh, and uh, this iCryptoinvestor is also stands for uh, intelligent crypto investor, which is the title of the uh, of the app report, and uh, this is basically uh, an allusion to investor, which is a famous book of Benjamin Graham on on how to do value investing, on how to uh, uh, do some stock picking that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. So also, we're gonna put a link in the show notes to uh, your paper. And I guess people will also be able to find it on your website. So iCryptoInvestor.com. Oh, oh, it's, uh, we will publish, we'll publish that. Uh, there will probably be a link at, uh, at my website as well, but uh, we publish it at Pathfinder Capital. Oh, at Pathfinder uh, Capital. Okay. So uh, hopefully it will be out by the time uh, this gets out. Uh, and otherwise, you know, we'll update the show notes and, and uh, you can definitely find the link then. And and I do highly recommend uh, people check it out because I think it's a, it's a really nice comprehensive introduction and I think it's especially also a good you know if somebody is new to Bitcoin and they're like oh w what is this thing why is it interesting I think it's a it's a really good introduction I think it's it's a, one of the most solid uh, comprehensive introductions I've seen so I you know I'd encourage people to check it out and and especially perhaps send it to people who are kind of new to bitcoin and and want to learn like what is this thing and what is its potential Yeah I, I would also like to 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 use the chance just to say thank you to all the people who have contributed uh because uh, even I was the person who wrote the main text there were there are a lot of spotlights uh we invited or I invited a lot of uh experts to to contribute on on their specific uh, area of expertise and including that myself yeah <laughs> uh, to give full disclosure <laughs> exactly so uh it's uh if you look at the uh, report you also see their texts and you wrote about the i would say thought leaders in in these fields okay well thanks so much uh, for joining me today and um, thanks so much for listening to this episode if you want to support the show, one great thing you can do is leave us a review on iTunes. Um, 
And you can also follow us on Twitter at EpicenterBTC. And uh, finally, um, you can donate to us, which of course we very much appreciate, since we still do not have any advertising, although we were sort of in talks with a few people. And uh, you can do that at EpicenterBitcoin.com tips. So thanks so much, and we'll see you next week.